Hi there, and welcome to Sensational, the special educational needs podcast, which is brought to you by Witherslack Group. For those that have been following our podcasts for a while, you may have noticed that our podcast has been sprinkled in glitter of late with a new name and a shiny new logo. But even with the new look, our goal remains the same, and that is to bring important advice and support to families across the country while celebrating our neurodiversities, empowering parents and carers, and shining a light on the amazing and unique qualities our children have. So on today's podcast, we'll be looking at a topic which is so important to families supporting neurodiverse children, and that is the Education Health and Care Plan Process, or EHCP process for short. I'm delighted to welcome our speaker today, and that is Melanie Adams, Partnership Manager in the North West for Witherslack Group. Mel has a wealth of experience supporting families through the EHCP process, And it's great to have her here today. So welcome to the podcast, Mel. Hi, thank you, Claire. Um, Now, I know I've given a little bit of an introduction there, but Mel, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, your work and your experience, the EHCP process? Yeah, no problem. So I'm uh, based in the Northwest um, and I'm currently with with Slack Group. And uh, as Claire said, I'm the uh, one of the partnership managers. So I support um, the schools in um, the admissions process and uh, referrals. And that includes um, talking to parents and, and helping them as well. So previous to that, I worked for a local authority for 25 years um, working in special schools, in mainstream schools, supporting young people and then um, supporting parents through the um, SEM process and what was statementing and now is the EHCP process. So I've been round the block a couple of times with this. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that's brilliant. Thanks so much, Mel. And now... um... Without further ado, shall we get started on our questions, I suppose? Um, So, to begin with, the EHCP process is such a different experience, isn't it, for each family? And so how can a person or family prepare practically and emotionally, really, as well for the highs and lows that may come? That's right. It is as as many EHCPs as that exist there's that many different experiences I guess Mm -hmm. and everybody's coming from a different place and people might end up in a different place as well so it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all um sort of experience for for families and you know it depends on on how smoothly things go on how sort of how much information there is available on the the partnership with the school partnership with the local authority and there's many variables absolutely and it can be you know it can be a very very positive experience for some people that you know everything runs really smoothly that they've just everything the ducks just line up in a row and it all works out really well for for other people it can be a really emotional time because Mm. you're laying you you and your family bare to other people and that can be really difficult so it's it is a sensitive time and it you know it can be um I think people will experience a range of emotions sort of from you know sort of that that realization that that some extra help is needed might be difficult for some people yeah. to to sort of get their heads around absolutely yeah. yeah and you know for other young for for other um families it might be that they're they're absolutely desperate to get going and so they're impatient they might get frustrated they might you know there's lots and lots of emotions so i mean i think the best way to prepare is to be open to to that process taking place and that things are you know it's going to possibly be a difficult time and for parents to to have support almost themselves. 
have an acceptance of it. <clears throat> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And there's practical things, you know, sort of buy yourself a, a couple of box files, <laughs> get, yeah. get yeah, a good yeah. notebook, treat yourself to a special pen and sort of get yourself, you know, sort of practically prepared as well. Yeah. Um, but And that that's, it, in some respects, is the easy bit to do, isn't it? But yeah. preparing emotionally, but, you know, get yourself some support, get some good communication going. Good, cool, great, great. Okay, so so now look, let's look at the areas of need that may lead a parent or carer to seek an EHCP um, for their family or for their child. Sorry. Okay, so within um, the code of practice and the legislation around all of this and in educate, because obviously um, just to point out that this process is absolutely full of jargon and um, it's a completely new language, so that's made yeah. something else that that's parents and carers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get have a get yourself an acronym buster. There's loads online, and just yeah. get yourself familiar because people who work within schools or within local authorities they forget that you know parents won't be familiar with with everything that they use as a day to day um, way of speaking. So. So that that's just something else to point out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the sort of areas of need that um that schools or or parents will be identifying yeah. um and that come up in the code of practice. So it's kind of helpful to look at what those official areas of need are and what mm-hmm. then they would include. So communication and interaction. So that would include speech, language and communication needs. That could be um, a speech delay or a speech um, impairment. Mm-hmm. Um, that could also include autistic spectrum condition as yeah. well. Um, and then you've got cognition and learning. So that's around um, how young people think and how they learn. So that could include things like dyslexia, dyscalculia mm-hmm. or moderate learning difficulties. Um, then the social, emotional, and mental health. So that's SEMH. That's that's sort of an acronym yeah. that you will hear, and that would in, that would include perhaps a young person who had ADHD or some other um, you know challenging behaviours or emotional needs, and then the sensory and physical. So that would right. include things like sensory processing, which again would come into ASC. Um, the autistic spectrum condition, yeah. dyspraxia maybe, where it's a physical motor um, mm-hmm. difficulty, and then things like hearing impairment and visual impairment. And, you know, a lot a lot of people will be recognising that young people very, very rarely just fit neatly into, into one little box. Yeah, yeah, that's, yes, that's, that's right. So it's like um, a very complex Venn diagram oh. often. Yeah. Some young people um, often have um, more than one, type of need yeah. um but it it isn't a box ticking children don't have to tick into a box and and this process is needs led not diagnosis led yeah so you don't you don't have to have a medical it's not a medical right. model so you okay. don't need to have a mm-hmm. diagnosis to, to fit any of these categories but broadly speaking that's in the sort of the code of practice there the the areas yeah, need. yeah okay okay great so um, moving on now, um, like I've already mentioned, each family's experience will be different. Um, but what might have already been tried in school and at what point might parents feel it's time to consider the HCP? Can you like give us some examples? Yeah, of yeah, of course. So before, it, it, it is a process. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, sort of, it's a graduated response is, is, what, yeah. is what it's described as. So for some young people... Um, they may have needs identified at at some point, and then what will happen is that school will 
identify those needs and support them in school. And that's called yeah. SEN support. So that's sort of the before you even get to, to thinking about whether yeah. um, an education healthcare plan is needed. For the vast majority of young people who've got an identified need, it's something that school can help with. And that right. might be as far as it goes. So, for example, you might have a young person who who has a temporary need. So they yeah. might have um, broken a leg, for example. Okay. Uh, or, you know, so they've had yeah. an operation and they're recovering from that. So it's something that they will need, something different delivering to them for a short yeah. while, but not long term. Okay. For some other young people, it might be that they've, they've hit a hurdle with the learning. So yeah. they've, they've sort of come to a point, perhaps with illiteracy, where they're really having difficulty moving on. They seem on to the next. Yeah. Bit. yeah. And there's, there's sort of a, a little bit of regression or a plateauing of, of mm-hmm. where they are with the learning. And it might be that um, some an extra program or a, a, a sort of um, something online or some extra teacher time or teaching assistant yeah. time might then support that young person to be able to to make progress again. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, that might be something that's just put in by school. But yeah. if it's looking like it's a, it's a longer term thing, then you know, again, graduated response. So it's it. I I'm a big fan of of sort of little stories to to sort of help put things in context. Yeah. Why I always think yeah. this is like a box of hammers. So you've got a okay. toolbox with a box of hammers. Just bear with yeah. me; it will make sense. Yeah, no. And you've got you've got a coffee hammer, you've got um, a pin hammer, you've got a claw hammer, and you've got a sledgehammer. So if you're going to put a little, you want to, to just put a little postcard on your stud wall. You wouldn't get your sledgehammer out, would no. you? you? You're probably going to go right. Going to do some damage. Yeah. Right, you're going to do some damage to the wall. You're going to do some damage to yourself, and it probably take two of you to lift it up. Yeah. So you're better starting off with with the, the tool that's appropriate. So. Yeah. That's what schools do. They they open the toolbox and they start with the toffee hammer and they work the way up to the sledgehammer. I mean, it's not a very li- good uh, analogy that you've used. Yeah, very good. I yeah. mean, not not literally, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the so school would start by sort of saying, you know, what can we put in place? What can we do to support this young person? Um, and then they might move on to well, we've we've done what we can here. We've yeah. used our resources. Is there anybody else we can get involved? So the expectation would be then that, that they then move on to, they've tried the top hammer, okay. they're onto the pin hammer, and they yeah. might be um, getting some um, outside support. Mm-hmm. So they might be getting a specialist teacher in, they might be getting an educational psychologist in, um, you know, to get some extra advice and some, some other things yeah. that they may be able to put in place. And they would do that on what's called an assess, plan, do, review cycle. So they would, and it, it that does what it says on the tin, basically. Yeah. So they yeah. would, you know, say, what, what's the issue here? What can we put in place? Let's do it. Let's see if that's worked. As it goes. And if mm-hmm. it hasn't, then we'll will change something in yeah. it. There's no point keep doing it if it's if something Absolutely. if nothing's changing. Yeah. So that's that's kind of um what they do. There's no time scale to any of this. This is this is sort of within the school. So that they sort of would do this. Um but anything that does happen, so any any assessments that take place and reports that are gathered, um they would they are very, very useful going forward for the education healthcare plan assessment anyway. So that these it's you've got to kind of go through this process. Yes. But yes. as I said, there is no time scale in the in the code of practice. So if something right, is okay. 
needs to happen quickly. It can happen quickly if it needs to be sort of, well, let's try this and then let's step yeah, it up, then that yeah. also can happen. Yeah. And it can be, excuse me, the school, parents, medic, anybody can identify needs. Right, okay. And talk. Schools also will be meeting with, once um, a child is identified as having special educational needs, then the school will be meet, uh, required to meet with parents three times a year. Um, right, okay. Probably one of those would be a parent's evening, mm-hmm. but, you know, the the they should be meeting with parents as well. And I would always advise that sometimes schools aren't aware of that. Um, yeah. It's always worth just sort of being proactive and saying, listen, can we meet up in. once a term? Yeah. And three times a year, neatly fits into once, once a term. So that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, sure. just say, and let's let's do that. And then at this meeting, let's plan for a next meeting and get yeah. that in the diary. And then it's all planned. I imagine that's a big part of it, isn't it, really, is keeping that communication within everything. It you know? is. And that all goes together to, to get yeah. evidence, of course. To the end point. point. Yeah. So yeah. the other thing that schools will be doing at this stage as well is having an IEP or something like that. So this is another jargon. Yeah, I don't know what that one is. Well, there you go. Now, this, isn't, this is something that isn't in the current code of practice. It's just okay. called a record of... of um, what's in place for a young person but for those of you that are um, old and grey like me and we're even the old legislation was in <laughs> then they were called IEPs individual education plans right okay so that might be something that they called or an IBP an independent an individual behaviour plan right sometimes they're called pupil passports support plans provision maps as every area yeah. yeah but that okay. they're called something like that but they all do the same thing which is just sort of keep a record of what difficulties a young person is experiencing, what's going to be put in place, who's going to who's going to do it, and yeah. when it's going to be reviewed, and that ties in with the assess plan do review cycle. Yes, yeah, okay. that, that forms part of that. Um, as that, I feel like I've really rambled on there about does that, no that, no it's great it's right. all really good yeah that's so, that, that's brilliant yeah the last bit of that is when cool. um when would you know the time is right to say yeah. we need to move on well the time is when those things aren't working yeah you've tried yeah. all of those things giving it a, a good go, go. absolutely yeah giving yeah it a good go so you're not sort of saying right we tried that for three minutes right let's move on to that because yeah. you're going yeah. from your toffee hammer to your sledgehammer there aren't you going back yeah to that. yeah now mm-hmm. you select your work through them but you can work through them quick or you can work through them slow depending on need but yeah, so it's when those things aren't working. When you're That's looking done. at the, that document that you're reviewing three times a year with school mm. and what you're saying is, well, we're not moving on. Yeah. We, we're doing yeah. the same thing or doing something or, and they're still not making progress or, yeah. you know, she's going backwards, not forwards or yeah. finding it more difficult in school. Mm-hmm. So when, when when that it's stopped working or it's never worked, that's the time, that time, to it. Say. time to start looking at the ehcp absolutely yeah. as i said that's evidence-based so everything that's gone beforehand is really important used. yeah 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 okay well that was i've learned plenty from your answer to your last question so so wonderful thanks mel so many people listening will already be aware of the answer to the next question but for those that aren't let's get down to the nitty-gritty what exactly is an ehcp or education health and care plan and what does it mean for a child okay so that, so in in short it's a document yeah so <laughs> so it's a legal document so all of this is based on the children and families act um part 
section three and the um the special educational needs code of practice which i've, I've right. referenced a couple of times yeah. um you don't need to have kind of read and digested all of those to be going down this process but it's it's an interesting little dip in if parents want to have a yeah. look you can get it online and you can you can search through the code of practice so it, it's quite interesting it, I, Anybody, this should be a copy in school, so you could you could ask in school. But you can get, get it online; it's it's easy to get. But it's 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 based in law, so it's a legal yeah. document, and it sets out what a young person's the my story or a one page yeah. profile or. And again, this is it's dependent. The what what has to be in it is set out in legislation, but how an individual education authority would do it it's up to them so each yeah. authority will have their own format own version, yeah. yeah but it will have the same sections in and it will have the same information but it might mm-hmm. look different okay. um, and lo- it's local authorities responsibility they they it's their document and it's their responsibility to put it together and to uh, review it and maintain it yeah. but it is a document it does then sort of give anybody who's working with that young person it should give them an overview and well not just an overview but sort of in the nitty-gritty of what needs to be put in place for that young person so it will say what the what the needs are it will say what needs to be put in place what provision is needed Mm -hmm. then to support that young person and it should be specific um it will also so it's education led because it's an education health and care plan so you've Young people would have to have an education need um, to um, to sort of qualify for that, but it does bring together health and care needs as well mm-hmm. um, in a legally binding way. Now, in in the olden days, um, yeah. pre twenty fifteen, when we were when we had the old system, yeah, the the, the um, health and care needs were a bit of an add on. They were just right. Okay, your information, so but now they're Lucas on that. No, yeah, absolutely. So it's it's, 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 it's it was fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. because like we said earlier, young people very rarely fit into one little box. So yeah. it's the yeah. same with this. That young people often have health and care needs yeah. um, that need yeah. to be to be in there as well. So it's, it should give the, the 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 absolute picture, and then it should it should have some some outcomes in there as well. So mm-hmm. that it's um it's gives goals to work towards to work towards yeah and they're the big goals they then get split down into annual targets and then they get split down into IEP or support plan targets as well because that was that plan that I talked about first that was at the school-based stages that carries on as well when young people have an education healthcare plan as well yeah. So what it means for them is that they then should be getting the correct support. Support and progressing. That's right, yeah. and then then that is monitored by the local authority. So it's it's monitored in school, but it's also then monitored by the local authority. Right. Okay, okay, brilliant. Um, so obtaining an EHCP, it can be, as we mentioned earlier, a lengthy process. Um, and so there's no doubt families will need you know support along the way. So who can you recommend to sort of help? Who's out there to help them through this process? Well, there, there's, there are lots of people out there now, that are an, an ever-increasing number. And because of the, the magic great. of the internet, they're easy yes, to find. Absolutely. To and, you, you know, you, you're not just relying on local support. You can get national support as well. Yeah. But the, yeah. probably the first point of call would be that each local authority has um, has to have 
uh, information advice and support service. Um, yeah. They're often called SENDIAS, mm-hmm. um, which is the snappiest acronym that you can think of, but <laughs> that stands for Special Educational Needs and Disability Information Advice and Support Service. So, or, or yeah. what in, again, I keep going back to sort of pre this legislation, that service was called Parent Partnership, Partnerships, which yeah. was I don't, a bit more snappy, a isn't bit it? More snappy <laughs> and a bit more, you know, giving a proper explanation yes. of what, 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 of what they are and what who they're there for as well. I yes, guess. absolutely. But the, so those, those organisations still exist, but they, mm. they are under a different name. And local authorities will have to have a service and that will either be an in-house service or it might be that they outsource that. But wherever that service sits, they yeah. have to be um, at arm's length from the local okay. authorities. So they're there to support parents, give them information, advice and support around um, around special educational needs, not just the education healthcare plan right. process, Thanks. but definitely they are they they know the local area, they, they, they will know the local schools, they will know how that local authority works and be able to give you some really valuable um information. So important people to get into yeah, absolutely and yeah. perhaps do that early doors. I mean, you know, so there's other have a, if you have a look at um on each local authority has a local offer page on the website yeah. and that's that's a good, really good place to get mm-hmm. not only sending our service but other uh, local services local as well. Yeah. yeah. And then there's, there's national um, groups as well. Google is amazing. Google's far knows m- way more than I do about what's out <laughs> oh, there. So I don't believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> so have a, have a Google, but there's... there's um, there are organisations that support um, specific areas of need. So there's the National Autistic Society, yeah. um, Autism Initiatives, there's the ADHD Northwest, there's ADHD Foundation. There's loads and loads of brilliant yeah. um, sources of support out there. And often they have um, documents that, that, you, that you can reference and, and you can talk to people. So definitely get yourself some support. Yeah. Establish that early on and then you've got that back up there because you probably at some point are going to need that. And need somebody yeah brilliant okay um so we've talked about the before you know what might be happening in school to make parents consider an ehcp for their child you've told us what an ehcp is and why it can make a difference and so now and i think you've already dropped some some top tips really but can you offer any further top tips for families that are gearing up to submit an EHCP application yeah it's mainly around station (laughs) rift yeah (laughs) Get organised. Get organised, yeah. Um, I, I know when I've, I've supported parents in the past, I've gone to help them with, with, with documents and, the, you know, you, you arrive at the house and you're presented with two tatty carrier bags full of stuff and yeah. still in and envelope. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, would, I would always say invest yourself in, treat yourself to a couple of box files. Um, or, I mean, nowadays, because everything's electronic, that makes it a lot easier to set up a couple of files on your laptop and keep yes, things. Steve once said to me as well about setting up a specific email address that's just for that's, going through this yeah. process, you know, so that you've just got everything, all the correspondence in one place yeah, as they, well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and email correspondence gives you a brilliant chronology as well. Yeah, because you've just got everything. Got everything. You don't have yeah. to sort it out into order because you, if, you, if you keep a separate sort of, like say, a separate email address or a separate folder in your inbox, you can put everything in there and it's automatically in yeah. date order. So it's yeah. really good for, for getting a chronology going. Um but when you, it, as I said, it's it's evidence based. So I, whether you whether you save that evidence electronically or in paper format or 
both um yeah might be helpful because sometimes you, there's nothing beats a bit of paper is that yeah you can just carry Take around with you on the day yeah absolutely um so you know get yourself organized treat yourself to get it get an, a notepad and just jot yeah. things down because you will sort of be shocked so much information I mean, but you'll think something really inopportune but again it's because we're, we're looking this electronic age everybody's most people have got a phone that's then got a voice recorder on so you can just give yourself a little note or what have you yeah you know to, yeah. to keep be keeping records when you apply for when you put in your your you submit mm-hmm. your application for an education healthcare plan either you or school do it then the more evidence that you can get in at the beginning the better that's going right. to be there might be some evidence that you don't have at that stage because you 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 wanting somebody to assess a young person because when we say assessment it's not you don't take your child to an assessment it's a paper exercise or a, right okay and an email exercise or whatever right yeah um, so it's 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 about the evidence isn't it so um the more evidence you can put in at the beginning the more information the local authority have from the get-go um it's all, I always think it's really important. Communication is really yeah, key to this. Key, isn't it? So from, yeah. from right from the start of this process, establish who the person is at the local authority that's going to be mm-hmm. um, handling the case. Some some local authorities have case workers, some have education healthcare plan coordinators. They call yeah. different things, but find that out. Ask your Sendias service, they'll be able to point you in the right direction there. Okay. But find out who the person is, <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to be your key contact. And make friends with them really early doors. Get, yeah. get to know yeah. how to contact them, you know, through email, through form. Start keeping notes of dates and people that you've spoken to. Even if you've not got something written down, if you've had a conversation with somebody about your child's needs and they've said, well, we, we've, yeah. we've done this and that didn't work. If you've not got it anywhere else, you, you might be able to put it. a note in a diary or something yeah. even, so you can just go back to it. Yeah, yeah because you'll have the, the opportunity as a parent or carer to put your your information forward. So right. you can do it. You can do that in whatever format you want. So you'll probably be given a form, but you can just say, and here are some other points that don't fit neatly into your form. So you can tell yeah. your story, how, yeah. how you like. If you have got any um, documents to do what we call wet signed, so they've got an actual person's signature on, not right. an electronic or a type signature, make sure you don't don't let that out of your sights because yeah. you don't always get documents back. So right, okay. something that's really important that's a wet signed copy, take copies of it and send the copy and you keep the yeah. original. Um, and also anything that you've sent in to the local authority, keep keep a record of what you sent them and sort of almost keep if you can keep a duplicate file again much easier to do electronically so if you send yeah. um sort of three documents in you could have a, a, a little file that sort of sent items and, and yeah put it in yeah there. so i mean really that it's about just making sure that you you keep up to date with where you're up yeah keeping organized yes yeah. with it all isn't it really and then if yeah. there's any queries then because that can be stressful if they yeah. start trying to go back and find things and think i'm sure i did that and it can be stressful and, and you, you it's like a job isn't it it's like a know? job yeah 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 so you know just if you do, if you can lay your hands on things really easily, or you can say, "No, but I sent that email on." And yeah, another yeah, it's going it. to take the stress it out is. it against a little bit, Absolutely. isn't it? And you know, maybe help with timescales as well. So yeah, of course. 
Okay, that's some brilliant more 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 tips from you, uh, Mel. You're full of them today, so thank you. Um, so the assessment process for an EHEP looks to be quite complex. Can you tell us more about what it involves, timescales, and who might contribute to the process as well? Yeah, yeah, it, it, you're right. It is a complex process, yeah. um, and it is a lengthy process. So the the bit before you apply for an education healthcare plan needs assessment is how long is a piece of string? So as we said right. before, that okay. can be that can be sort of half term or it could be two years, it could be three yeah. years. So yeah. that, that that you can't put a time scale on. But mm-hmm. once the um statutory or what's in law bit kicks in, which is when you apply for you put your application in for an education healthcare plan, then timescales do start. And it is a six month process. Right. So it is it is lengthy. Nothing is a quick fix. Yeah. Within that, there are then timescales that are um, set out. Okay. Okay. Um, and that I'll, I'll I'll come in come into that. But things like there are exceptions, and there are times when you you okay. might find it useful to stretch the timescales. But mm-hmm. things like local authority offices being on holiday or being off or being yeah. busy aren't reasons to stretch out the process. Um, but to get the right information or to speak to the right person, you might just think, well, actually, I'm not going to insist that this timescale is kept to because it will help the outcome yeah. if you get the right Yeah, if you get the right person. Yeah. And then obviously there's, there's issues around um, the summer holidays for schools, for getting school. Of course, yeah. yeah. So there's got to, got to be a little bit of patience there, but it doesn't mean that everything stops. Schools are often around and about, but it's worth just keeping that in mind when yeah. you apply for it. Is it going to go over the summer holidays? And is that something you think would be helpful or not helpful? So that might... Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of. about the times it's getting all submitted and everything, yeah. That's right, that's right. So as I said before, the, the assessment process is a... It's a paper exercise or a, mm-hmm. a report-based exercise. So either parents, carers, um, schools would typically be the people that would apply for an education health care plan needs assessment right. and would send the initial information. And it makes no difference who, who applies okay. for it. Um, it doesn't make any difference to timescales and it doesn't do, make any difference to the right of appeal as well okay. for parents and carers. So the local authority will, the evidence is submitted to them and they will either say yes or no, we are going to carry out the an assessment mm-hmm. or we're not. If they say no, then you've got the right of appeal. I'll come come back to that come in detail that. later. Okay. Um, if they say yes, then they look at that initial evidence and then they would look at who else they would need to get um, information from. So obviously school or you know they, they've got lots of information yeah they would generally ask they would always ask parents of mm-hmm. course and that could be via a parental advice form because they're called advices these reports that they ask to right. bring in they're, they're called advices so that's okay that's another confusing thing because yeah. advice generally means something different doesn't it but yeah that's that's where that comes from so they will parents will be asked either sometimes via a, a parental advice forms sometimes they're asked for a one-page profile again it it comes in just whatever varies. format yeah yeah and that's just a suggestion 
as a parent okay. you said well actually I don't want to do it like that I want to do it in a chronology I want to tell my story in a chronology yeah or I want to do it I'll fill that form in but there's things that aren't included on there mm-hmm. that I want to include so you, you can do that yeah put it in in whatever whatever format that you like now that's important to know that as well because you know a lot of people might see the paperwork and just complete that out not knowing that they can do do or not understand the importance of it because it is it is so important you are as a parent and a carer you are the world's expert on your child aren't you absolutely other people know bits of your child Mm -hmm. you see the whole package so you are the 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 most important professional in this process yeah make sure that, that you use it you submit your advice in the format of your choice, but be as open and honest as you can do. It's a difficult task and it might yeah. be it might be upsetting, it might make you sort of realise some things, but you want to make sure that the local authority get the full picture because without yeah, that you full get picture, the best chance. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So think really carefully about what your child's day looks like and what your day looks like around your child's needs. Mm-hmm. So sort of yeah. you know, and again this is like um sitting down with a excuse me a cup of coffee and a biscuit in the evening and a, and a notebook and start jotting down things yeah. from the minute, yeah. from the minute they wake up at six o'clock till the minute they go to sleep at half past two the following morning yeah. <laughs> what am I doing yeah. for, that, for that for my child yeah. that yeah. you know would be over and above what what needs to be put in place for them so and it's about co-production and that's a phrase that's in the code of practice and a phrase right. that you possibly will hear banded around but again that's like I can remember somebody once saying to me going forward it's all going to be about co-production and I thought what on earth does what that mean yeah. and that yeah. just means in the yeah. future we're going to work together and that's what it is it's working together together and it's that partnership isn't it so yeah. it's forming and maintaining a partnership with the local authority with school and then with with other people that will be contributing to this process mm-hmm. the really important person of course is the young person so they oh, have so, a yeah. really important voice in this might not be appropriate for for some children, but parents yeah. and carers will know best. Well, yeah. whether whether and again, it's up to the young person and the family to see what format that goes in. So it might be that a young person says, "Listen, I very much want to tell them what my views are. I will roll yeah. down." Yeah. It might be that they want to do a mind map. It might be that they want to do a cartoon, a video clip. Yeah. And so well, making it accessible for them to, I suppose, choose the, yeah. the way that they want to get their feelings across. That's right, absolutely, absolutely. And then the other people that will probably do do, do less dynamic type of reports would be yeah. medics, social care if they're involved. The local authority have an obligation to inform social care if they are carrying out. Right, that's right. If, but that's nothing to worry about. If there's no social care involvement, it won't make them be involved they will just right, about okay. what's called a nil return so they'll just send the form yeah. and say, we're not involved with this family um you can request it would you like them involved um right but it doesn't that again that doesn't automatically kick anything in really right, really okay. quickly so the assessment process then the assessment is the gathering of information the mm-hmm. local authority do that um and then at the end of that they would say yes we are we we feel that we, we need to put an education right. healthcare plan in place okay. or no we don't and if it's a no we don't again that gives the uh, parents and care the right of appeal they then produce that document which comes in draft form initially mm-hmm. um and then parents have have time to respond to that if it's if um at the end of that it says what 
what they want it to say, what parents yeah. want it to say, then that's brilliant. If it doesn't, again, that gives you the point of appeal. Yeah. And then it's the naming of the school and ready for the final document. So about oh. another one of my little analogies then is my race, my athletics track yeah analogy so <laughs> i love this one i've heard this one <laughs> <laughs> well this think of it like this way when you're at school action so you, you you're looking at school-based stages you're gathering your evidence you're looking at whether you think your child's going to need an education health care plan or not you're on the athletics track but you're on that grassy bit in the middle i'm sure it's got a technical name but i don't know it so you stood on we get what you mean yeah so you, you've got your tracksuit on you're in the grassy bit in the middle and you're doing your lunges and your stretches and you're yeah, up. limbering up limbering up that's it so you take your tracksuits off and you get on the starting blocks and that's the point at which you you are requesting a, an education health care needs assessment. Yeah. And then you're off. This race track is a 400 metre race track with four hurdles on it, which I think yeah. I think is a pretty unusual race to be in. But this is an unusual <laughs> race to be in. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to hurdle number one. And that's the um, agreement to carry out the education health care needs assessment. So if that's agreed, you're over that hurdle, you're doing well. If you knock yeah. that hurdle down, you can appeal. Hurdle two, are they going to agree to issue a draft education health care plan? Yes, you're over that hurdle. No, you've got uh, the right of appeal. Hurdle three, do you agree with what's written in that education health care plan? Yeah, or you're, yeah. So you might have a bit of a delay on that one, but mm -hmm. get over that hurdle in the yeah. end. No, you've got the right of appeal. And finally, um, do you get the school named that you think is going to best meet your child's needs? If that's a yes, then you're over that finish line and you've 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 got there. That that makes it all sound so easy, doesn't it? Well, it does, except for those hurdles do except do get knocked down. They're pretty big hurdles. Aren't they? they are big hurdles. They are big hurdles and, and when they get knocked down. But at any of those points, you can lodge an appeal. Yeah, yeah. You can do which about. We will talk, which we will talk yes. about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I feel like we've touched a bit on the next question. So um, feel free to fly through it if if we, you feel like we've covered it a bit already. But once the assessment is completed, what might happen next? And what are the possible outcomes of the EHCP needs assessment? Yeah. So when you get to... Um, well, it's at hurdle two, really, just yeah. going back to that. Yeah. So if, if the, you've, you've put in all that information, the local authority have looked at it, and then if they've said, yeah, well, you know, we, we feel now that we need to produce this document then that will set out what a young person needs and what what has to be put in place to um, to support those needs, mm -hmm. that's when they would issue a draft education health care yeah. plan. It will... It's not a legally binding document. It is it is a draft at that point yeah. and it will not name a school in section I. So, so each section has a function, but section I is where the school is named. The, the, that will be blank. So I think sometimes that sort of takes people a bit by surprise and they see yes. that's yes. turned straight to that bit and then go, there's nothing in it. What's, there's something yeah. wrong. Yeah. There isn't anything wrong. They can't name anything in there because, and that's because, for a it's the draft. because it's a draft and that gives yeah. you as a parent or care opportunity to say what your preference is for a placement. So that, will be, that won't be um, filled in there. Yeah. Um, they, when you get that document, you then have 15 days in which to make representations is the way yeah. it's put so you can have a really good read through it 
um, check that against the advices because there really shouldn't be anything in that. The education healthcare plan is is a summary of the um, advices that have been submitted by all of the professionals, yeah. including parents and young people themselves. Mm-hmm. So. I, I think again, a stationary based tip: get yourself two highlighters in two different and colors. Go through, yeah, through and and everything that's a need, do in one color, and everything yeah. that's a provision, so something that has to be put in place, put in another. So for every need, that's a short bit, yeah, something yeah. in place. So it's not, it's yeah, very good. Sir, young person has difficulty accessing um one of uh, some written work or they have yeah. difficulty completing written work if there's nothing then in place to help them with it yes yeah you know so it should be a summary of all the advices it should it should be full um it should have everything in that's that you think should be in there there might be typing errors there might be something that's just been missed out by accident so just go through it thoroughly um make sure that it's specific so again, that can only come from the advices. So if if it's if it says that there should be a speech and language therapy um, program in place twice a week for half an hour at a time, and that's in the speech and language therapist report, then that should be in the education yeah. healthcare plan. That shouldn't say sometimes or on yeah, occasion. Be that should be very specific. Yeah, yeah. okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If it's not specific in the speech language therapy report, then that's something that you know the, the local authority aren't. You know, the person who's writing the plan isn't a speech language therapist, so they can't yeah. make that decision. It would have to come from the speech and language therapist. Okay. So just sort of backtracking when you're getting the advices, it's always worth if you if you don't think that the specific at that point, speak to the yeah. Person who wrote it. All be in a partnership, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Together, it's Absolutely. all feeded through. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So you can you can have a look through that then and see what what you think if there's anything you think needs changing and anything that's in one of the advices that you think needs to to go yeah. there. You can ask for sometimes local authorities will offer you a co-production meeting at that point. So right. You right. said before about co-production yeah, working yeah. together. Mm-hmm. So they might offer. Um, a meeting at that point mm-hmm. or you can certainly ask for one and the local authority must arrange that meeting within your 15 days right okay i said earlier about stretching time scales this might be one place where you where you would want to stretch a time scale so if right. you think okay. that there's something not right in your mm-hmm. uh, draft education health care plan and you really want to speak to somebody to get clarification or yeah. to to just be more specific in their advices and they're not able to do that within the 15 days you might want to say to the local authority can we stop the clock yeah we've got 15 yeah. days but can we stop the clock just while i get this information yeah, and that well, yeah, everything together yeah that yeah. advantageous to get it right um yeah. rather than let it be issued and then think well i can that's I important get... advice that isn't it yeah it really is because you just don't want to mi- you don't want to miss things do you you want it, to be able yeah, to get it you want to get it as right as you can as you can at that point start yeah. it can be amended later on it's not it's yeah. not sort of that's it now it's written in stone nothing's ever written in stone yeah but it is sort of it's there then and it's harder to yeah. change so I would I would yeah get get do the best job that you can from the get-go when you get the draft um you will also get a copy of all the advices that have gone with it now mm-hmm. technically speaking the education health care plan is the advices and right. the actual plan 
But yeah. in reality, most people then in school or wherever don't then sit and, and look right through, through the advices. Yeah. And you'll not get them again. So when you get the final plan, yeah. you don't send them again. So keep those advices because you might want to refer back to them. Mm-hmm. But also, if you are ever in a position where you need to appeal, to tribunal you will need those documents as yes. well so keep yes safe. back to him okay yeah yeah so then the local authority may agree to make some amendments and then they'll reissue um a second um draft so it'll be an amended draft plan and that gives you another 15 days then to consider that um and you know get it right but as i said this might take you over the 20 week time scale of the assessment yeah but it if it's to get it right, it might be worth it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what it what it should contain. So that's what it will contain yeah. and, and what parents should consider and look for. Okay. So naming a school is such an important part, isn't it, of the final EHCP. Um, can you tell us more about what everyone needs to know about naming a school and also what they should be doing before requesting a school to be named as well? Yeah. So... For most young people, they will <clears throat> excuse me. They, they'll carry on being educated in the local maintained. Yeah, <clears throat> that's okay. Don't worry. So, for most young people, they they will carry on being educated in the school, the main maintained mainstream school that they they're in with additional support. That's what yeah. education health care, care plans mainly bring. But some young people might need a special school um, and the local authority, um, they have an obligation to look at their own provision. So each local authority will have maintained special schools. So when I said maintained, that means that the local authority, just like a mainstream school, it's a local authority Mm -hmm. school. Yeah. You can find your schools again on that local offer page from from your local authority. Okay. They, They will, if... The evidence that's presented to them suggests that special school will be needed because a ma- a mainstream schools can't provide that level of support. The support needed. Yeah, yeah. Then, then they will look at special schools and they will often say, you know, these these are the schools that we would suggest you go and have a look at. So mm-hmm. I would say when, once you get going through the process, you'll probably, as you see in reports, it might become clearer. And as you're having conversations with education, uh, education psychologists, et cetera, they might be saying, I think you're going to need to be looking at special schools or I think mainstream school with the support might be okay. So you can you can be considering that earlier yeah, on. Earlier on. Yeah, yeah. and having a having a look online, seeing what, what people have on offer, what their SEN report says on the mm-hmm. on the websites, you know, making contact with schools, asking if you can go on and visit, etc. If the local authority have identified that um that they don't have a school that would meet need or the special schools are full, they then may look to the independent sector. Right. They might ask you to consider that. On the other hand, as a parent, you might consider that the school that the local yeah. community is suggesting wouldn't be appropriate. Mm-hmm. You might want to do your own research and, and have a look. Parents have the right to state a preference for a particular school, but it's the local authority's responsibility to name a school. So okay. you can put your view forward and that view has to be taken into account. Mm-hmm. And if you're asking the local authority to consult with schools, then that should be happening. But it's the local authority's decision at the end. But again, don't forget that fourth hurdle. If you've knocked that down, yes. you can appeal then as right. well. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So the local authority, they, they must um, sort of consult with a school unless it's not suitable for the child's age, aptitude or ability, is the phrase. So that, yeah. you know, you if, you look, if you're asking them for a primary school and your child's a secondary school age, then, then they, they could sort of say, no, we're not going to consider yeah. that yeah or if it would if your child going to that school would mean that um it would affect the effective education of others um that's right. that's another reason why they wouldn't do that but when you're looking at schools you, you're looking you're looking at things look at your advices that you've got and say well yeah what fits in with that does it say something like small class sizes does it say something yes is there a lot of input from a specialist teacher and does the school that you're considering have that specialist teacher yeah available so you've got to match up what's needed with what's with available what school can provide yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's again it's worth having those chats it's worth you know sort of asking people's advice as you're going through the process what sort of school would you would you think would be suitable or what what do I need to be looking for in a school and you could put your ideas together Mm -hmm. with their advice and then and sort of have a a look out and see what's available but also the the other thing that's in that that legislation that I mentioned earlier is the right to a mainstream education so yeah. if as a parent or a carer or your child, because you might have an older child that's saying, I don't want to go to a special want. school, yeah. I don't want to go to yeah. a mainstream school yeah. with my friends, then the local authority must comply with that okay. um, unless there's very, very specific reasons and they yeah. can't make a reasonable adjustment. So if they can put, if additional support can be put in or an adaptation can be made to enable that, the local authority, and and my experience is that the, the local authorities will always endeavour to do that. Yeah. Um, in my, I remember in a, quite a long career, there was only one time when one local authority sort of said, no, your, your child just isn't right here. He's not attending. He's not happy. It's not the right place for him. We are, we're going to right. insist on a special school. And then at the last minute, they, they, they didn't insist they on didn't. it. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so in that respect, it's harder to get a special school than not to get a special school, if that right. makes okay. sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's, okay. and then, then the final education healthcare plan will be issued by week 20, unless, right. there's, unless there's been something to lengthen that yeah. process. Um, and you'll have the school, it'll say exactly what you want it to say. It'll be specific. It'll yeah. encapsulate everything that's in those advices and it will name the school that you want in section I. Mm-hmm. And that, really that's what will happen if everything has gone smoothly. If you've not got a hurdles. hurdles. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to what happens if it doesn't work out mm-hmm. as a parenthood and you do hit some of those hurdles, what can a family do and at what points can they sort of action things? Okay, so again, we'll, we'll um, go back to our hurdles because yeah, yeah. one of those points. So if a local authority says that they are not going to carry out a special mm-hmm. An education healthcare plan needs assessment. Yeah. If they do the assessment and then say we're not going to issue an education healthcare plan, if they issue a draft and well, you could, sorry, you can't appeal the draft, it has to be a final. So sometimes you might have to say, actually, I don't agree with what's being said in here, but I'm gonna to have to I'm gonna ask them to issue it as a final. So then I've got the right to appeal because you can't yeah. appeal. Right, so okay. You don't want Although you might want to lengthen that time and stop the clock because you want to get some additional information, mm-hmm. you don't want to lengthen it so much that then you you kind of yeah it goes on forever and it never actually gets put in place yes. and anything. Yes, yeah. 
so yeah so if you the um final is issued and it, it doesn't say what you want it to say or the final is issued and it doesn't name the school you want it to say yeah there are all times during that process that you can appeal right but you also have right. the right to, to appeal um later on as well it's again it's not a one-time only offer so following yeah. an annual review if the local authority don't amend the education health care plan or you know it's there's something in it that, you, that mm-hmm. you're not happy with at that point you can appeal then as well okay. so the appeal it's it's it is quite a it, it's a formal process it's not just a case of writing a letter of complaint for yeah. example it's through her majesty's courts Right. And, the, and it's the uh, first tier tribunal that you would appeal to. So I'm de- for sure at that point, you're going to need to be getting some advice um, from somebody. Yeah. It, is, it is a big deal and it can be stressful. But again, it's about if, you, if you're if you wanting to pursue that, that's about you knowing that you've done everything that you can to, to yeah. get it right for your child. Mm-hmm. So you um, you submit a formal um, application for a tribunal and you, do, you can do that online now. Mm-hmm. Um, the tribunal will then come back and say whether whether they're going to hear the tribune the actual um, case. Um, as I say, it is a formal process. It's another six month process. It's not a right. fix. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so you know you've you've got you've got that right, but it is a, it is a big deal. And again, yeah. it's evidence based. So if you're not happy with something that's written or that something that hasn't happened it's about you putting your evidence forward the right, authority okay. have to put their evidence forward um and then there's a, an exchange of information um mm-hmm. it is the, at the moment the tribunal are holding their hearings online which right, is working okay. out better but pre-covid you used to have to go to um either a, a family court or a tribunal right. court okay. um so you know it might be sort of somewhere quite away away so it is a bit it's a big ask it's a big and, thing, isn't yeah, it? yeah and you, yeah. you've got you you're there and you've got a judge and um a panel member it, you, yeah sometimes there's two panel members sometimes there's one so the judge will be either an education lawyer or a barrister, right. so they know what they're talking about. Yeah, and yeah. Then yeah. The panel members, they're often um, sort of, they, they have a, a special educational needs background or they've been part of an organisation. Right. So so they, they, they know what they're talking about. It yeah. is formal, it is evidence-based. Um, it, it is, um, it's, it can be quite stressful. So again, yeah, you, yeah. you need support with. You don't, you don't have to have a solicitor. Some parents might choose to get a solicitor yeah. Then the local authority will often then get a solicitor, so it becomes a bit sort of legal rather than actual family orientated. Yeah. So, yeah. so that there are there are you know there's lots of advice and information out there about how to go about appealing, but you have got mm-hmm. that right to appeal, and you've also got the right for a mediation as well, which is going back to me my, my box of hammers, the sledgehammer is yeah. definitely tribunal. So okay, yeah. sort of, yeah. again, think think of the the box of hammers. So, so yeah, yeah. My little scenario that everything's gone right and section I names a school mm. you want. The toolbox has gone in the van and the van's gone back to the depot at this point. But yeah. at any point, you can get that van back out. You can get that toolbox out. But your yeah. hammer is definitely tribunal. Your claw okay. hammer might be mediation. So it's it's sort of a, a again you can have a graduated yeah. response. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's some really, really important information for people there. 
Okay, so going back to those whose applications are successful, once you have the final EHCP document in place, what should parents and carers be doing to ensure that all the support specified in the plan is being followed and implemented within a school? So again, it's communication and relationship, yeah. isn't it? So it's, it's such yeah. a big part of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So every school has a SEN, SENCO or a SEND call. Yeah. Um, that another acronym, Special Education yeah. Needs Coordinator or yeah. Special Education Needs and Disability Coordinator. So that's, that person coordinates the provision and sort of meeting young people's needs in school. So you will have already had lots and lots of contact with them with to that keep person. that contact yeah. up. You're still have, going to be having those termly meetings. You're still going to be having that um, provision map or that IEP or whatever yeah. it is. Because if you remember earlier, I said about the outcomes and the, the sort of goals on the education healthcare plan are then broken down into annual reviews, uh, annual goals, which are then broken down into smaller smart targets. Yeah. Yeah. So th- th- so each one of those has come from a big goal on the education health care plan. Yeah. So that's another way of, tr- of tracking that those things are in mm-hmm. place. Um, and on top of that, you will have an annual review of the document every year. So within right. a year of it being issued and every year going forward from there, you will have um, an annual review. So it's local authorities' responsibility to do that, but they delegate it to schools. So the school will organise right. a meeting and everybody who's involved would come together um, and have a look at the document and make sure okay. that because you think about a child maybe who gets an education healthcare plan at two or three because this is from naught to 25 this process right yeah at 16 they're going to be a very different Dif- yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. so you yeah. you every year it should be looked at and it might not every year it might not need updating there might not be anything new. It might be, well, we're still working towards these goals. We still need to put this in place. We yeah. can't stop doing this. We need to carry on doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we leave it as it is. Then the next year it might be that, well, actually, they've now achieved that, but but they're having difficulty with this or we need yes. to do more yeah. of this or um, we're looking at changing from nursery to school or school to secondary school or secondary school to college so you know there will be definite points at which the document yeah. needs to be to be updated right. so so that's a good way of of tracking what's in place what's working what isn't working yeah um it, it, annual reviews often get a little bit about a progress report but you must never forget that it's you're looking at the documents that's what you're looking at and that right, it's right. updated because it sometimes it can be so out of date then and that's fine when you're you're in a school where you're they know your your little one really really well yeah they know what they're putting in place they'll probably not be, they won't be like every week because they know them so like, well get, get yeah. the education healthcare plan out and check through it what are we doing what are we not yeah because they'll, they'll just be doing it however when your young person comes to move on to a different type of school you know a phase change of phase then that school won't know your child so well so yeah. it's important really important that it's kept up to date it can so easily get out today yeah. so that's yeah. a really good way of keeping track making sure that things are put in place if they're not put in place then obviously the local authority needs to know about that so if they somebody won't come from the local authority to every review no. Um, but if you think there's something not right or you're, you're going to ask for something to be changed quite big, it's, it's really worth getting in contact with, mm-hmm. with the person yeah. again and getting them involved again. If it's decided that something needs to be changed, then it, it, it will sort of, it'll take you back into that process that I've just described. Right. So okay. they will make yeah. amendments and then they will issue a draft amended plan 
and right. you've got 15 days yeah. there. Do I agree yeah. with that, Dawn Is there anything different I want? Um, and then it will be issued as an amended final. So it, yeah. you might be on it's, several. It's reassuring, isn't it, to yeah. know that that can happen. It can now, happen. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's good. It can. And, and again, you know, you've got the right, it, that kicks in the right of appeal as well yeah. again. Yeah. Okay, it's something you touched on um, when you were speaking just then, but, but one of the big transitions, as we were mentioning, is children going from primary through to secondary. So for a child that has an EHCP in place within a primary setting and is now approaching secondary school, what advice would you offer um, for supporting this transition to ensure that everything is being done, that everything that was being done in the primary can be then done in the secondary? I guess it comes under the sort of annual review type thing. Yeah. Is there any more that can be done well, as well? Yeah, I mean, just thinking about annual reviews and those transition times, it's worth looking at the timings of those. Yeah, yeah, because it might not always be. It might not be, exactly. Yeah. And it might yeah. be worth considering having two annual reviews. Um, yeah. So that, it could, because what should be happening is, is that you don't start looking at transition issues like, in the summer term that you're no, moving on. Just a few yeah. months before, or, yeah, 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 it needs to be gradual. Yeah, and, and they might, that might be a really good time to get things updated. So if the therapists are involved, mm. educational psychologist or a specialist teacher, it might be really worth the school or you asking the school to, to get some updated information to make sure that it's absolutely bang on. Because like I said, the, you, the existing school might know your young person really well, but the new school yeah. needs several things they need that document to be really up to date yeah. and really accurate because that's the blueprint for what they're going to be putting yeah it's just starting with the child exactly, I mean, exactly. It, it must be such a, a transition really for the parents for the child and for you know the people who absolutely that yeah, taking on these children as yeah, well new for, for everybody so i mean yeah. often what happens is that senko from the receiving school will speak to the senko and do a handover at the existing school so that's really helpful it's always worth seeing if the senko from the new school can come to the annual review of the yeah, last year and get to they know get to know and yeah. you you start establishing those relationships then. Yeah. So in terms of timings for for reviews, it, if it is possible, and it is it is possible to have more than one a year, but it, right. if if it works in with with everybody involved, it would be brilliant to have a review in the autumn term. So when mm-hmm. a child's in year six or in yeah. year eleven, if they're then going on to college or a sixth form, yeah, to have a, a review in the autumn term, which could be a let's all put our heads together. What, what are we what are we thinking or what do we what need to handle place do we need what what do we need to get any updated information where are you going to go and have a look you could do all that sort of planning at that one and then once the placement has been named because there's specific um dates at which second is named for children with an education health care plan um the secondary placement is named on the 15th of february it's very right. specific it's not on yeah. or around it, yeah it's always right. Okay. February. So by the fifteenth of February, you're going to know where the local authority have named. Now you might not agree with that. Yeah. Why you get to know before mainstream children who who don't have education have yeah. their plans is to give you time to appeal. Right. Or again, okay. you're back to the yeah. fourth hurdle at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Um, but it will be helpful then to have another review after that date, and hopefully you will you'll know where your child's going, and then you can yeah. invite somebody from the receiving school to come at that point and have a look. And it might be that um, there's amendments requested in readiness for that move for that transition. Yeah. yeah. And then I would I would suggest also to have a fairly give the school chance to get to know your child, but then 
look to have a fairly early review. So don't when, leave. When they start the new school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's all really important information there and stuff that people might not sort of think of unless they're being, you know, told, given that sort of information. So, so yeah, all, all really great stuff. We're coming to the end of our podcast now. We've just got some two final questions. Um, so the HCP is a really important part of supporting children with special educational needs. And so is there anywhere for people to go for further advice and support around this topic? Yeah. So as I said, um, I would definitely send say send the ass your local offer page of, of your for your local authority and mm-hmm. sort of have a have a look at uh, online and get I mean there's lots of forums, there's lots of yeah. information, um lots of podcasts out there (laughs) lots of webinars lots of 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 information in written format as well so yeah be be open to to asking people and that's yeah word of mouth is is brilliant as well yeah that sort of yeah you'll you'll get chatting with people and they might somebody might have had a really got some really good advice and support from somebody locally so yeah have a chat around have have a see and see you where else people have been to but yeah okay great and so you've given us some fantastic bits of information today lots of sort of top tips but for the last point if you could just do a brief rundown of any hcp checklist if you will Mm -hmm. what would it be it would be um to I would definitely say dig in for a for a long journey and then get yourself organized and then try and see each phase of this process as a as a little bit on its own it would probably be less overwhelming yeah, that way break it down yeah so yeah. think about as everything what what's happened at, at, at school have we got all that together are we ready mm-hmm. to request that assessment? Have we got all the information in that we need to to support that assessment? Yeah. Have we are we happy with what's come out of it? Um, mm-hmm. And then have we got the school that we want? And and then sort of you you've you've done that bit, but it's an ongoing process, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean that was that was brilliant, Mel. I mean I've learned so much today as well. Um, so just thank you ever so much for your time. I'm sure that your answers to the questions today will offer so much advice and support, and you know hopefully like reassurance as well to families who are going through yeah. it at yeah. this time. And so that brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, if you're listening to this, you're probably um, already aware of the support materials that are on our website. If not, please do take a look um, at withslackgroup.co.uk forward slash resources or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. So thank you once again to Mel um, and to everybody listening. And I hope you can join us for another episode of Sensational in the future. Bye for now. Bye.